Grab yourself a cold one, sit back, relax. Sports Mocker is on the air. And it's the only sports show that mocks. Okay, Sports Mocker is on the air. I'm Jeff Swanson. Joining, as always, Luke Friedrich. Luke, a big show, lots to talk about. It's NASCAR season. The Daytona 500 is we back. We are back, baby. We are back. I know you all have been waiting, especially you. Oh my. Uh, I'm pumped. I'm pumped, man. Well, what what uh, what an incredible buildup to, uh, to the racing season. Um, I know you talked about it every single week on the show uh, as we prep for it. <laughs> I tried to anyway. <laughs> Anyhow, NASCAR is back, but but let's let's talk about uh, obviously plan for Sunday. We had a great live show that we were going to record during the race, and uh, as luck would have it, no racing, no live show. Take two on <laughs> Monday afternoon, and uh, and what what a race it was leading up to uh, just an absolutely incredible and scary finish. Yeah, it was. Um, I mean, you know, go back to Sunday for a second. It was. Uh, Really sucks getting that excited and pumped up for a race. We had like 25 people, 30 people maybe together for the race. Uh, sat around for three hours and saw there were 20 laps completed. Maybe 11 were on TV, so it was uh, kind of a letdown. But man, once that uh, once it kicked in Monday, the the racing was awesome. Uh, but yeah, that ending was uh, it was an incredibly wonderful ending when it came to the way the racing finished. Uh, but obviously, super scary and super terrible. So it's been a just a crazy start to the year. A couple days after the race now, Ryan Newman is okay. Uh, we learned he's left the hospital, and, and uh, you know, obviously um, that's thoughts and prayers to his family. That's a, that's a, a huge bit of news that, that we learned today. Yeah, it was amazing. Um, after a really scary wreck, um, I saw the picture with that probably everybody did who's been following this of him walking out of the hospital, the video actually of him walking out of the hospital, uh, holding the hands of his two daughters on each side. That was a, it's an emotional thing to look at, to be honest. That was pretty crazy. Um, I think a lot of people were really wondering if he was going to come out of that, man. It was a scary deal. So really, really, really great to see. Huge relief, obviously. We'll, we'll talk about that. We're going to talk about uh, Rex in NASCAR. We've got a, a special guest joining us, uh, Todd Martinson. Is, uh, Todd Martinson. <laughs> about that. <laughs> close, 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 close. Jason Martinson is joining us. Uh, uh, we may or may not hear from Todd, um, as always, but uh, um we're going to join Jason here in a little bit to, to talk specifically about NASCAR. Uh, we've heard from Jason uh, from time to time from the 218, uh, big NASCAR fan, and and, uh, and he's going to join us. Now, the, the, the plan had been for the live show on Sunday for us to, uh, to, to, to bring in Todd, to bring in Jason. We were going to have, you know, reaction from the fans that were watching it with you. Um, that fell, fell apart, but we still want to bring that, that sort of uh, real-time uh, discussion to the table. So we'll get Jason uh, uh, dialed in here shortly. But let's stay on NASCAR and let's let's actually rewind a little bit to Daytona and and what makes this such an incredible uh, uh, first race out of the shoot for you, Luke. I mean, it's it's the biggest race that we that we have in the sport, which is kind of funny because a lot of people will say it's you know the Super Bowl of NASCAR because it's the one that that the most people watch and all that. Um, it's really more akin to the Masters, I would say. So. 
Um, you know, the Masters in golf is always very early in the season. It's the one everybody watches. It's the, it's the one that even if you're not necessarily a big golf fan, you're probably going to watch or at least pay attention to the Masters if you're a sports fan. Um, Daytona is very simil- similar. It's, um, it's kind of an outlier race, which is interesting. It's very different. It's one of two super speedway um, plate tracks. So the racing is very different than most of the racing that happens over the course of the year. But it's just it's that iconic thing, man. It's a lot like the Masters when it comes to, to NASCAR. I think that's the best way to explain it. All right, so Luke, we, we you know we're going to bring Jason on here. We're going to talk about the crashes, but we also want to talk a little bit about the the, the NASCAR season. Daytona really sets off the uh, the stage for the year. Uh, and since Jason is in uh, in the fancy league with us as well, well, we're going to talk about his start to the season. And and uh, you know, he might not want to he might not want to talk about the fantasy league. Just, just saying, right, Jason? Boy, easy now, easy. It's very very early. <laughs> um, and I and I would be remiss if I didn't uh, follow sports marketer protocol and admit that I am sitting here with a nice glass of uh, bourbon, uh, uh, bullet bourbon whiskey, and it's very very good. Excellent, good to hear that. And and and, and, and hopefully um, you'll be able to uh, to relate to you know why there's a need to drink when we talk sports and sports marketer. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. That is 100% due to hashtag Minnesota sports. Correct. <laughs> Correct. <laughs> No doubt. Uh, so, so Jason, obviously, uh, as we think about the NASCAR season, and, and, and Luke and I were talking a little bit before you joined about, about Daytona really setting the stage for the, for the racing year and, and, and being such a, a big and important race. Um, but what, what is it for you that, that really signals the start of the racing season and why Daytona is so special? Well, for me, and it's a really short layover for the season, actually, but... Um, Racing's been a big part of my life since I was 11 years old, 1991. Uh, the day 2500 that year is when I first got bit by the bug. So once we get started talking about even just the duels and, and that, my the hair on my arms starts standing up. I get pretty charged up. Um, I'll be the first to admit it, it does start to wane sometime around October because I think we get into hunting season and all that stuff. But um it's just been one of my passions for a very long time. And I'm, I'm glad to see things heading in the, in the right direction this year from a com- competition standpoint, it's looking pretty good. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I would say that, that, that Jason, we talked about that the other day, the, the racing was pretty slick. I mean, it was up until the crash, obviously it was, I thought that was as good of a Daytona race as I've seen in a while in terms of the back and forth and the runs people were getting. It was uh, it was hugely entertaining. You know, I think we were we were texting during during the third leg of the of the race, and you know, sixty sixty five uh, laps to go, and 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 all of the blocking that was taking place, and and the and the and the you know, just to, you know, moving around trying to get in position with that many laps yet to go, and and you could just tell it was building towards something special in the end. Yeah, I can I can wholeheartedly agree with that. It was one of the better uh, super speedway races that I've seen in the last couple of years. It is also a great reminder not to run Ricky Stenhouse uh, any future uh, <laughs> Super Speedway events on the NASCAR fantasy lineup. Uh, that's, a, I, that's a PSA, courtesy of Sports Mocker PSA. That, uh, that mullet, man, it just turns him into an animal, and he just gets crazy. So uh, between him and Logano um, and a few other drivers, they were really switching it up. And I, like, like you just alluded to, it was, it was a good watch for sure. 
Yeah, no doubt. Yeah, I thought Logano surprised me, and he was a guy that we, you know, a lot of us thought was going to do pretty well. Um, and certainly a lot of the experts were picking him too. Um, he was beating and banging on everyone. Honestly, I'm really surprised that dude didn't cause a wreck earlier than he did. I wasn't surprised when he finally did, but he was he was aggressive in that race. Almost a little 100%. too aggressive for a veteran, you know. Hundred percent agree. Yeah, no doubt. Um, and 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 yet. You look at uh, at where we were right up to the very finish, and and, and Logano was there, it had a, had a you know a chance up until the uh, until the the, the wrecks, um, and even after that, <laughs> still went back out. I think we were making fun of the uh, of the car that he actually <laughs> so dragged bad. across the finish line. But uh, but you think about it's what? Not, it's not a super speedway race unless there's somebody <laughs> that's driving an open wheel vehicle at this point in time. <laughs> no True. doubt and and you know obviously you know we want to talk about the race itself but when you think about uh everything else that that kind of surrounds daytona and, and this year uh president trump uh making the appearance to uh to you know kind of kick things off um there th- this really is signals um what i think is is truly uh, america's sport how about that uh again 100 percent agree um the one thing that also draws me to nascar is their openness um from a conservative standpoint, so I guess it's just going to be out there, but uh, it's the only sport that has a invocation at the beginning. There's definitely no kneeling going on for the, for the uh, national anthem. Um, there's a lot of pomp and circumstance that goes with every single race. So you have 36 races in the year that have a similar uh, introduction to the race, and the Grand Marshals, you know, some of them do a great job. I thought President Trump did a pretty good job um, some of them are pretty lackluster and you got everything in between that. So it just depends on the personality of, of whoever is, uh, the person doing that. I sure would love the opportunity myself at some point to do that. I think that'd be amazing. Uh, maybe a sports mocker gets to be that big. Uh, we could do a trio <laughs> up there. <laughs> that's a lot. That's life goals right there. Right. We'll pencil well, that one down. And I, I'd, I'd piggyback on that. I think the cool thing about NASCAR, I think is that even though, Obviously, the racing has changed. The cars have changed. There's been a lot of progress in the sport from a technological standpoint. There's still kind of that rooted part of it that's there, which is really cool. And I can say, I mean, I, I haven't been to the Daytona 500, but I have been to Daytona for speed weeks before. So I was at the duels, um, went for the day with, day with my dad back in, I think it was 2014. Um, the coolest thing I thought about that experience was the fan access you get in NASCAR is unlike any other sport. I mean, you know, you go to a Twins game, you go to an NFL game, you're pretty far away. You know, it's pretty rare you're going to run into players unless you maybe, you know, hang out by the players' parking lot at the old Metrodome for, for a Twins autograph or something. Um, and the NBA, I mean, you can, you can sit courtside maybe, so you get a little bit of that. But at NASCAR, you can get in the garage. You can be out running into guys while they're walking around. I mean, the access is unlike any other sport. Um, and so I think that's, that's got something to do with it too, where there's just, I was telling Jeff and I were talking uh, off air before we started. And I still think that, I don't think there's a more passionate fan base in sports than NASCAR. I think the NFL has the most fans. I just don't think there's a more passionate fan base for their one sport than there is uh, the NASCAR fans. Yeah. I think that uh, NASCAR is, and, and I haven't looked at this in a couple of years, so it could be off, but I believe it is still the number two spectator sport in the United States. Um, I would certainly agree outside outside from a few fan bases maybe that as a whole as a collective they're as passionate as fans as any other sport um and, and again to the access you have a handful of drivers that you might catch them out in the infield campgrounds on a saturday night before the race handing out swag and beer and whatnot and they i mean how cool is that yeah I mean, it's a cool to hang out with those guys so yeah, so i mean this kudos. is a. Uh... 
this is a good example of that. So when my dad and I were at the, the duels, so right before the duel, um, the first duel of the night, we were able to walk down pit road, kind of, I mean, past the crews, past the drivers, everyone getting ready for the race. Um, my dad and I are, are chatting, and I don't know if he turned around or he, like, he's adjusting his hat or something, but he knocks his sunglasses off his head. Joey Logano happens to be walking by as this happens, reaches down, picks up my dad's sunglasses, and hand, hands them to him. He's like, oh, here you go, sir, you dropped these. Like, that's how close you are to these guys. And this was 10 minutes before the race started. We're walking down pit road, and then you cross the track up in your seats. Like, I mean, there's no other sport where you get that kind of access. Um, and I think it even it bleeds into TV where you've got guys being interviewed immediately after a wreck, and you see some of that passion in the immediate interviews after the race. Like, it's just – it's a cool – cool cool thing and i think that's a huge reason that you do have the passion you know uh, to that point and the fact for the casual fan that is at home watching it you do actually hear from the racers during the race which is is incredible i mean you know after every uh, every every stage finish you know they're talking with the stage winner while they're waiting to start their next uh, uh you know uh race yeah. and, and or next next stage and, and it's just like I think even the, the, the announcers were, were talking about the fact that, that uh, you don't know their sport, you get to talk to the players during the game. And uh, Yeah, I mean, dude, they, they were talking to Hamlin like yeah. before that last green-white checker. I mean, that's like, that'd be like talking to, you know, LeBron in overtime of an NBA final Before, like, before he shot that, free throws insane. to win the game, right? Yeah, I mean, like, <laughs> hey, you're about, to, you're about to line up for these free throws coming out of the timeout. <laughs> Tell me what you're feeling. Like, that just doesn't happen. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, super cool. So speaking of, of, of the, the feelings um, and the emotions uh, of, of the sport, obviously uh, the finish and Ryan Newman, you know, and the crash, uh, I think really, I wouldn't say put a damper on the, the race itself, but it, it certainly left a lot of us holding our breath to, to find out what happened. And, and obviously, as we said earlier, good news today. We learned that he's left the hospital and, and at least appears that he's going to be okay. Um, but really, from the standpoint of, of NASCAR, all eyes are on Newman there uh, across the finish line. Yeah, that well, was um, good. Good. Well, and I, I think what that does, <clears throat> if if a person hasn't been a fan of NASCAR for at least nineteen years, they haven't seen. I mean, there's been some bad wrecks in the last nineteen years. Don't get me wrong, but they haven't seen this kind of angst uh, or concern for a driver's well-being um, previous to. Dale Earnhardt Sr.'s passing, this was a regular occurrence uh, because of the, the changes there be pre, previous to the changes that they've made in driver safety and car uh, car safety. And I tell you what, it's been a long time since I felt that sick to my stomach w- waiting for word on a driver's well-being. Um, I mean, I, I've, I've always liked Ryan Newman. I've never, I wouldn't say I'm a fan, um, you know, kind of like in the context of what most people consider to be a fan. Like I don't buy his gear or anything like that. I've always appreciated him for who he is. He's a, he's a blue collar, hard nosed driver and he wheels, he knows how to drive a car Um, to see him in that state, man, it brought back a lot of feelings that I haven't felt in a long time. And it was extremely scary. Yeah. I mean, I, I thought that to echo that, I thought that, that was the first time where I was wondering if we were going to hear if this guy made it, you know, because mm-hmm. um, you've seen, totally you've seen, remember at, at Talladega, this was probably nine, 10 years ago, Carl Edwards flipped over. I mean, mm-hmm. the very thing, super speedway, 200 miles an hour, flipped his car over. We've, we've almost gotten spoiled seeing these dudes climb out of these cars after these horrific wrecks yeah. um, that in the past, I mean, no one would have survived that. Right. So you almost become conditioned to be like, well, they'll get out. The cars are safe. They'll get out. Um, but with, with the lack of information that was coming out, they didn't show 
them, you know, the crew taking him out of the car. I mean, that, I genuinely was concerned. Like, man, we're going to get, with like a lot of people were, we're going to hear this guy didn't make it out of here. And it was, um, that, was a, that was an eerie feeling for sure. So let's let's talk about uh, the crashes a little bit. I know Jason, you you've you've, you've looked into some of the the worst in uh, in the past, you know, 15, 20, 25 years, and 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 certainly two thousand one, uh, and and Dale uh, Earnhardt Senior. That that one is is the one that that I think all of us will 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 kind of look back as as kind of the turning point because it really did also force NASCAR to say we have got to improve the cars and the safety for our drivers absolutely spot on um so basically when i thought about these wrecks and i've actually remembered these ones that i'm going to allude to but it's not something that you can actually legitimately put together like a top five or top 10 type of a list because i don't know how a person could possibly discern what the number one or you know yeah right so basically i just thought of the, the most dramatic wrecks that i could remember that the drivers walked away and in tra- and, and in and in contrast to that go and watch the dale earnhardt senior video and just watch him slide up into the wall you it looks like any old wreck it does i mean i know that he's going 185 190 miles an hour but it just doesn't look like oh yeah that's just you know mediocre at best but what comes to mind for just disastrous wrecks in the last and, and what, what i would call the modern era of racing uh, and you can see these uh, wrecks. They're going to be up on on the Sports Mocker Twitter feed. Um, Mike Harmon, Bristol, two thousand two. And for fans that are new <laughs> Dude, to the sport, that, yeah. that one is brutal. Yeah, if you're if you're new to the sport, you wouldn't understand how this could happen. Looking at a racetrack in this day and age with safer barriers and with the infield barriers. So at Bristol, believe it or not, the only way to get down into the infield was to drive across the track, and there was an actual doorway on the outside on the outside <laughs> guardrail and i mean it just sounds ludicrous saying it and mike Harmon smokes that like straight on and twists his car around almost cuts his car in half and as he does so i can't remember i think it's johnny sodder or somebody um comes along and literally driver's I mean, side hits him i mean drills like him it's it's unbelievable. If you watch it, you're like, there's no way this guy made it. And like he he basically doesn't even need to roll out of the car. He just stands no, up yeah. and he's there. <laughs> stands up and waves. I mean, it it, it looked yeah. it looked like he, he took a fortune cookie and just kind of snapped it in half and split it open. And and there he was, you know, waving to the crowd. It, it, and the yes. fact and the fact that and the fact that he wasn't you know laying in a in a in a mess on the on the on the pavement is is the amazing part. Oh my goodness, you wouldn't. I mean, unless you see it, you just can't believe it. Uh, there's no words to really describe it. Uh, yeah, we will definitely then, put that one up. I still can't believe that whenever I see it. Yeah, another one that come, came to mind is Jeff Bodine. And this is the truck series now. Um, Daytona 2000, Jeff Bodine. Uh, we've seen plenty of wrecks where guys have gone up in the catch fence. <laughs> it's like a fireball that goes on for about 200 yards at least. And again, very similar to how Newman was hit. Um, his car base or his truck basically blew into parts way worse than Newman's in the initial contact. And then he gets smoked again by an, another truck that's going, you know, excess of 190 miles an hour. Um, and basically there's nothing left but the cockpit of the, of the, of the truck. So that's another one that came to my mind. And then again, uh, Elliot Sadler in Pocono 2010, here's another shining example of how safety has progressed in the sport. Uh, him and Kurt Busch get in a little wreck, and and his was actually ancillary to, to 
Kurt Busch was wrecked. And he hits the infield embankment, which, again, going back in time, and that's only 2010, that's not that long ago, they didn't have the same types of barriers that they have today. They didn't have safer barriers at all. The, the infields, in many cases, going back from about probably 2011, because I'm pretty sure this is when they changed it, all the way back to the beginning, it was always uh, protecting the infield by a, a, a dirt embankment. And he hit that sucker so hard the engine goes flying out of the out of out, out of the frame, yeah. and he walks away. So and it's a testament to the safety that they had in place at the time, and actually 2010 being um, with some of the improvements that that we'll discuss, like the Hans device and that. Um, it's it's absolutely remarkable that these guys walk away there there. And for them as a driver, I understand that they have to have that that swagger and that confidence and that kind of aura of invincibility. And I think that we kind of alluded to that with the way they race now all over the place, you know, bumping and, and, and blocking. I think that that safety has lulled them into uh, a state of unawareness of, oh, that's right, we can die doing this. Right. Well, and that, and that, that was the thing that, that I think stood out the most after this is like you have – there's always like those casual sports fans who it's kind of like a hockey fight, right? There are some people who are like, Hey, I'll watch the highlights of a hockey game. If there's a hockey fight, there's always sports fans who will be like, Hey, there's a big crash. And I want to see this. Um, but you do, you get used to people walking away and you kind of forget how dangerous just inherently this, this sport is. Um, and I also wonder a little bit, I'd be curious to see what you think about this, Jason, but the way that that race ended now, I don't think anybody made any mistakes, but like, I think it speaks to the fact that these drivers feel so safe. Newman is always an aggressive guy blocking and, and protecting his positions. He's been that way forever. That's why a lot of people like him. I mean, a lot of the play tracks the last few years, those guys will block way more aggressively and cut guys off way more aggressively than they used to, even when they know a big run is coming. Um, and I got to believe that part of that probably is they feel like, well, if I do get wrecked and spun out, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm feeling safer than I probably would have 10, 15, 20 years ago. Um, so I do think that probably does make the the racing a little more aggressive at the end of those races than maybe it was in the past. Um, but this is, man, this is a reminder that it's uh, there's never any guarantees, that's for sure. Do you think by, by chance the, the the younger drivers, I mean, really have known no no different? Um, you know, they they they've always been driving these types of cars, the the extra protection. Um, and and do you think that they're more aggressive now just because of it, or or, or do you think it's just the nature of, of the game? Um, you know, it's Daytona. You everyone wants to win, and and you can almost guarantee when you get down to those those final uh, final laps, everybody's fighting. I think there's that's part of it, the competitive nature of these guys. I mean, we're talking about potentially the the 40 best drivers in the world. Really, I mean, it's not like mm. the NFL with 1,500 players, right? This is this is 40 people that do this week in and week out, and I mean in the lower ranks before they get to the like the xfinity series or the truck series there's going to be a little higher level of danger from the standpoint of the, it's just not as safe when with regards to uh the safer barriers like our local track here if i remember right does not have safer it does not have safer. i'm sure not, yeah. i know it does not so, yeah, granted right. it's dirt track so it's not gonna, you're not going to see those speeds but they're at best they have the hans device in like a late model series or something like that but I don't think the guys running pure stock do. And of course those guys are, I mean, they're, they might be as talented as the guys at, at the NASCAR top level, but they're not, they're not driving the same equipment. Yeah. Um, right, for sure. So I, I think it'd be interesting to get somebody's perspective, like William Byron, who basically came up doing iRacing. iRacing, yeah. He didn't get in a car until he was 15, which is like Kevin Harvick started when he was like four. You know? yeah. 
Yeah. It's just a very different dynamic. I think we're going to see a lot more of that with the iRacing and how popular that is. So it'll be really interesting to see how that, that goes. Cause I think Luke hit it right on the head. These guys, uh, they haven't seen the devastation that, that they knew previous to, to Dale senior's death and, and with the safety enhancements that they've had in those years with car tomorrow into the Hans device, into the air flaps, into the safer barriers and the, having on-site medical facilities and helicopters standby. Um, and, and rightfully so, those are the precautions that need to be taken to keep this show on the road, basically. Right. Well, and, and it's like, to, to go back to what you mentioned earlier, maybe to wrap this part up, would be the the crash that killed Senior. It, when you watch it now, man, it, you would think that, oh, that's a hard hit, but this happens all the time, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, that, that was like the, the front end of the Newman crash. It was like, that's what Newman did first. And then he spawned and flipped and got hit again and again. And some of the other crashes we've talked about that's happened where they're hit multiple times, looks way worse than Senior. And that probably is just a testament to the car. So, right. um it's great that NASCAR's made those improvements, but obviously something like this happens and you still realize it's still racing 200 miles an hour and, and you gotta, you know, gotta be thankful that, that the guys stay as safe as they do. When it's, it, it speaks volumes to where we've been. So I did a little bit of digging before and it's not very hard to do obviously with, with Google. Right. Um, so in NASCAR's top series, so the cup series, basically um, 28 drivers have died since its inception. Okay, and that's just driving at, uh, you know, dri- drivers that have died at the track, not not aside yeah. from things, obviously. Right, yeah, yeah, just during the, yeah, right. during the race, right? So out of those 28, eight of those deaths have come at Daytona, okay? 5%. Now, if I break those down further, Luke, how many would you think would be during the actual race? Well, I mean, I can remember, was it two maybe that I remember? Senior, and then I thought there was like one dude who... Back in like the 70s or 80s, I thought, I, I'd say maybe two, two, three that I can think so, of. So 15 have happened during races, during the actual physical race, right? Yeah. We've had, then we've had four that happened during qualifying, two during testing, oof, four during practice, and three during the duels at Daytona, which are, you know, a, a qualifying Basically, type yeah, of race, yeah, right? Yeah, smaller, smaller race. So... Yeah. In a race environment, 18 of the 28, the rest, I mean, to have four deaths that qualify and two at testing and four at practice, and this is throughout this, the 50s, 60s, and 70s, pretty, yeah. pretty, it's even a long across ride. the decades, yeah, though, yeah. right? Yeah. Not one since a one. The LCA yeah. was the well, tipping point, yep. and it was the most impactful. Uh, I mean, there's been a few other ones that were, you know, were big deaths at the time. Uh, Neil Bonnet was, was a big one. Um, and in fact, there was two guys that died at, during practice at Daytona that year on separate days. I mean, just think, think of that for a second. We don't even, yes. it's not even in our consciousness for watching racing right now. We're pretty, pretty sure we're not going to see a guy die. I know it's happened recently in the IndyCar series in Formula One, yep. but, but, but for NASCAR, like you said, we, you watch seniors death and it's just like, wow, that didn't look like much. And then you watch Ryan Newman and go like, there's no way, no way. Yeah. Die if yeah. He lives. Yeah. Yeah, it's crazy, man. I, I think it does. It, it obviously, and it, well, you know, you, obviously, seniors, you're, you know, is the biggest star in the world, so they're gonna they're gonna react to that. So, I mean, if there's well, one kudos, good thing, one good thing that comes from that, obviously, yep. yeah, that happens to a guy like that is is what we're talking about now. So. Kudos, kudos to NASCAR. They took the proper steps. They got the job done, and our and the race car drivers are a lot safer, and the fans are a lot safer. So that's good. We want to see that. Yep. We want to enjoy yep. the sport. 
Absolutely. So, so guys, uh, you know, not easy to transition off of death talk and, and, uh, and whatnot, but let's, let's real quickly stay on NASCAR, talk about the rest of the season. Uh, obviously I mentioned all three of us are in, in the same fancy NASCAR league. Uh, I got a, a little bit of, of work to do to, to, to catch up after, uh, after my first week, but the good thing is I've Don't got about bad. 65 weeks to, uh, to make it up. So <laughs> yeah, right. I, I, Daytona is no, is no barometer for the, the trend for the season. No, that's what I'm actually, telling myself. Well, so, it's, it, and it's, that mirrors the actual NASCAR season itself. As, as much fun as Daytona is and as big of a race as it is, you don't really start to get a feel for how the teams are going to do this year, how the cars are going to do, or how much I'm going to beat you guys by until we start hitting the normal tracks. <laughs> <laughs> now, normally I just cut you off and end the show, Luke, but since we are talking NASCAR, NASCAR and NASCAR's show. back. I get to so actually I... talk about it tonight, baby. <laughs> and well, you're, not gonna be able to talk about, you're not going to be able to talk about not getting paid anymore. So I know. I, did, I, did, I, I should actually, that's a fair point, Jason. I should uh, let the listeners know that after several months of complaining, I did finally get squared up. Uh, right as about the time the uh, green flag dropped, I got the last of my money. So um, I guess well, I guess that's technically before the next season started. So so we'll take it, I guess. But all right, last question. Yeah, we, can, we can move on. Last question. The guys are in Vegas this week. Uh, you know, where are you placing your odds? Boy, I want to say <laughs> this might be my answer every week right now, but I really want to see Chase Elliott in victory lane but I am very certain that Kyle Busch is going to come back with a vengeance. He had a great car at Daytona. It's a race that has bitten him for a long time, not unlike another uh, great driver in Dale Sr. Um, but I'm going to put the, it's going to be a Bush boy. Let's, let's say that it's their home track, but I'm going to, I'm going to say that uh, whatever that ugly ass Toyota M&M's car. Wish <laughs> 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 he drove the interstate car every week, but anyway, oh, man, it's, I'm it's going to be Kyle Busch. I'm pretty sure. God, I really hate to agree with you because, you know, going back to our fantasy league, usually you don't pick very well. Um, but I would, uh, I would I, I'm expecting Kyle to win too. It's hometown track. I actually agree with kind of the coming off Daytona thing. Um, and he just, he was dynamite in the mile and a half last year. Um, and he usually is. So, yeah, I feel like it's probably Kyle's race to lose. So I'll be the contrarian a little bit. I think it's Martin Truex next week. Um, as long as as long as long as he doesn't uh, plow through a a, a fuel um, pump or a fuel, <laughs> another fuel can, a fuel can, <laughs> on, fuel can with on his way out of the the pit stops. Hey, that's, Not, one way, that's one way to avoid uh, coming in for gas late night. Yeah, just take it with you. <laughs> it's kind of it's kind of like those dudes you see up here up north uh, in the winter, Jeff. They have the. Uh, Little gas cans strapped to the back of their snowmobiles, so they never run out if they're out in the middle of nowhere. Yeah, could be a could be a pretty good uh, piece of strategy there, my friend. Yeah, this is true. So, Luke, so, so Luke, we'll we see. We both know that he's going to pick uh, Kyle Busch in the in the league, though. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, true. That's exactly. <laughs> I'm, making my, I'm making my notes right now. Right, <laughs> these guys are experts. I better go with Kyle Busch. <laughs> All right. Speaking of uh, of experts, every single week we're going to shift gears uh, out of uh, the racing season into uh, into another sport that's that's quickly racing towards the end of its season, and that's uh, that's college basketball. And and uh, after the Gophers crapped their uh, their pants against Iowa, um, you know we'll <laughs> we'll see where we go from here. Uh, we're actually watching the game tonight, and and uh, in typical Gopher fashion, they led uh, led at halftime, and they've scored like three points here in the first twelve minutes of the uh, of the second second half so it's not uh, not looking too promising against indiana they are so damn irritating <laughs> just like gosh i don't know we've ranted about patino enough but i just that team frustrates me to no end man i, I 
Get to the point where like I just get irritated watching them so I'm not sure if I should keep doing it. I, I know, and, and yet it's it's Minnesota sports, right? Oh, Gophers are on. I'll see if tonight's any better. <laughs> <laughs> and 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 it seems like and it seems like for a while it is, and and and, and the game's not over. Still nine minutes, I think, left. Uh, last look, but uh, um, you know we'll see where this team goes uh, through the rest of this year. But uh, in talk, they've got to win. You know, probably five uh, of their last six games um, here in the regular season, and 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 then pull a a couple wins out of. Uh, out of the tournament and and have any hopes and 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 honestly I, I I don't see it happening but there's always hope right I guess <laughs> I mean that's why we're know, that's why we're Minnesotans do right <laughs> do you not remember Minnesota sports there Jeff <laughs> I'm just saying there's hope until there isn't and and as long as as you still have a chance there's still that possibility but yeah I guess it's kind of like your fantasy prospects I guess you still technically have a chance after week one but. <laughs> Well, this is true. <clears throat> I think what uh, one thing that frustrates me about uh, the Gophers is like college basketball is pretty freaking wide open this year, you know, um, and it's often more wide open than other sports, but it's just, it drives me nuts that you have talented guys, but you let the other talented guys in the state go. And it's, again, we've said this before, but it's a sport where you can, you know, probably make the biggest jump if you just have a couple good guys and you can coach well. And we just don't have that coaching well part of it, in my opinion. No, tend to, tend to agree with you there. Um, and and, and the, the simple fact that, that you're talking about a, uh, a gopher team that's 12 and 12, um, you know, at this point in February, and, and, and still in the conversation of maybe going to, uh, to, to, to the, the dance, really makes you kind of look at it, this, you know, the, this conference and, and the, the, you know, the, the league is, is really wide open, but still we're, yeah, it's a we're 12 log, and 12, it's a log jam, man. 12 yeah, and 12 it's a log jam. should never 12 and 12 at this point of the year, you, you shouldn't even be in the conversation for, for the, yeah, uh, for the playoffs, let alone, get... let alone the NIT, right? <laughs> so say you just be hoping to get the NIT at this point. But I mean, I, I do think that's where we're at with the Gophers. Like they are 12 and 12. So, they are most teams end up being what their record says they are. There's always a few outliers, um, but I mean, that's just their record. They're mediocre. That's just no two ways about it. They're just mediocre. They shouldn't be, but they are. Yep. <clears throat> All right. Where do we want to go from here? Uh, to the bar, maybe grab a drink. Um, <laughs> I would, you know, what I'd really like to go is to Vegas for that race this weekend. Yeah, but, no uh, kidding. That's going to probably have, that's probably gonna have to wait for the summer road trip there, man. Um, I would say at this point I'm uh, I'm ready to jump into some mocks because there are there are plenty of candidates for the mock of the week if you're uh, if you're down with that. Yeah, I'm down with that. Let's let's do that uh, here now. Our mocks of the week. Mock, yeah, ing, yeah, bird, yeah, 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 mocking. Okay, so we're actually going to start our uh, mocks of the week with uh, Jason, who stayed on to uh, to. Uh, to join us for this uh, this great session, um, Jason, your mock of the week. Well, it's pretty simple for me, and I don't know if you guys discussed this earlier or not. But what a can I can I say the S show, the bleep show, you whatever can, you want? You can say the show. show. And cut that right the, that the MLB <laughs> is going through. I mean, this I, how is this commissioner commissioner still employed with his handling of the Astros cheating debacle? Um, I, I, I don't, I'm almost, I'm almost speechless. That's how frustrating this is that and, the and hammer has not been dropped. For people who don't know you, Jason, you being speechless is pretty rare. It's very <laughs> rare. <laughs> There's a handful of things that get me to that point, And 
brother, this is one of them. I just, <laughs> what an inept individual. I mean, for all of Roger Goodell's faults, I feel like he would handle this a hell of a lot better. Oh, I agree with that. He he would have somehow squashed this down just just for the the sake of the league, you know. Oh yeah, I, we. I don't know. This is this is we're in we're in uncharted waters, fellas. I really feel we're in un, uncharted waters. You know, you can take all the steroids, all the PVs, all that fun stuff. I mean, that's an individual thing. We're talking about a whole team for a whole year at least. At least uh, cheating and and basically the World Series uh, title from whoever it could have been I, I just i the fact that it's going pretty much unpunished i mean in my opinion they should absolutely be stripped of the title it's not even a question um you know not then you, then you have the commissioner coming up coming out and talking about uh ramifications for for intentional intentionally beating <laughs> these batters <laughs> are you kidding me i mean this is that would be like if, if it was the nhl and somebody somehow figured a way to cheat in, in in this type of way, which is, it's hard to do, I think, but uh, to gain that kind of an advantage, those guys would be toothless by the end of the year. Right. <laughs> I mean, that's how that's how baseball self polices, and that's and that, there's people, there's guys that have lost contracts over this. There's guys that are are now basically in the poorhouse because they were not renewed because they got shelled. Um, yep, in Houston. I, I mean, <laughs> wow, wow. That's all I got. That's all I can say as well. Well, and and, no, and, and the thing to this is, is is that you know we're talking about this so much right now, and it's still the off season. Can you imagine? I mean, th- this this topic oh. is is going to bleed through the entire year. It's it's going to be a, a topic. First off, you know we'll have to see how things play out because I, I guarantee you there's going to be some chin music, and uh, and oh, and every single time that happens, it's going to be back to the front, you know, headlines and and the top stories and 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 you know the experts, you know, debating whether it was handled properly or not, and and uh, you know so this is going to be an interesting baseball season, if for nothing else, because of this situation. And I, well, yeah. if I was a if I was a former Houston Astro or a current Astro that took part in that and and lost some teeth or broke a jaw because I took some high heat, I would I would absolutely sue the commissioner, sue baseball because they did not they were not protected by the ramifications. If he would come down with a hard hammer, it would be over. We could move on. That's actually that's actually an interesting angle, man. I haven't really heard that before. That's a good point because you think most of the focus has been on the fact that this guy has just screwed up royally for the rest of baseball, right? Which is, is undeniable at this point. No, um, to protect everybody. But, no, but you're right. You're right. Yeah, you're right. The fact that they didn't do anything, um, even with it, and that's probably why he went to this preemptive warning about not hitting people on purpose. Um, he's probably made it worse for the Astros too by handling it so so terribly. You know. It, point. Interesting thing in this uh, we, we haven't talked about is 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 Vegas and uh, and in you know their take on this and and from the standpoint of can you imagine <laughs> over under yeah can you imagine <laughs> oh I want some of that action I'll take oh my gosh oh man <laughs> I, I think the over should be how many how many uh, pitchers are ejected or I I mean what how is baseball going to react to this I'm mean, like if you're so we've talked about this, uh, Luke and I have for sure. If you're Marlon Gonzalez and and playing for the Twins and you take right. high heat, are, are, not only that, but are the, are the Twins fans going to boo you at home? Yeah, if you I mean, take one. In, if you take one in the chin, is your team supposed to sit there on the bench and just let it happen? This is we are in an uncharted territory, and I I truly believe a lot could be done if they were stripped of their title and and punishments were handed out accordingly. I really do believe that. 
No, I agree with that. And I, I, I don't even think they necessarily – I'd be – by the way, I'm totally on board with them stripping the title. It'll never happen. But um, I think even if they had just done something to the players – so, like, we likened it to if, if steroids are suspendable for, you know, a year or a half a year or whatever, like, how mm-hmm. can you not do – at least do that for these players? But how does – again, how does that – how does – that only hurts, like, for in our case. So no, I know, yeah. So you right. suspend Marlon Gonzalez, now he's out of our lineup. That's yep. just – I don't – I just don't know. I just don't know what else you do. What else you do, right? To me, that's the only the only logical solution where you make these guys think twice about it. I mean, it has steroids aren't out of baseball, obviously, but there's no question that that they've been. That it's made a difference. The policy of the suspensions has definitely made a difference. Um, I, I think that's probably it's a bad situation. So, like the commissioner, I don't think he, nobody would say he's in a, an enviable position here, right? But he's just made it worse at every turn. I just think worse. he looks like a total yeah. looks like a total buffoon, and he's Dumpster probably made fire. it more unsafe for everyone. Yeah. yeah. Well, send send Jostens out and collect the reins up, baby. That's all I gotta say. <laughs> well, it'll be interesting to watch, and uh, we'll get to uh, to see how things play out here shortly. Yeah, Astros are gonna be must see TV this year. That's for sure. <laughs> uh, what do you have for us, Jeff? Well, you know, this this is one that that you, most people have probably seen by now. It was across the news here locally in in Minnesota, and and it's just a, an absolute. Uh, uh, you know, screw up on the part of uh, our hometown target with their uh, with their their baby onesie, <laughs> uh, beautiful maroon and gold Minnesota Badger onesie. And <laughs> oh my <laughs> lord, dude, <laughs> Jeff, you just took the you took the freaking title because that's the... <laughs> well, I mean, that is actually that actually bothers me more than the Astros. <laughs> right? I mean, it, it, this this may be be the the, the screw up of the uh, of the century. I mean, it, again, we like to give the Wisconsin fans a hard time because they actually do want to live in minnesota and not wisconsin so so there is the element of, of maybe it is perfect for them the minnesota badger because they all want to live here anyhow but uh, um the fact that that target hometown in minnesota uh you know big supporter of the minnesota gophers and and they put this on their shelves not not it didn't it didn't just like sneak by uh production but it was actually available for sale in their stores in minnesota uh oh, yeah. absolute absolute screw Gary up on their part there's some there's definitely some trolls in Stillwater that are sporting that. <laughs> and can you imagine the, 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 the kids? You know, I mean, the, they may have just, but like, who, tarnished but, but the... But who would want to wear it, though? Like, if you're a Minnesota fan, you don't want to wear it. And if, no, you're a Badger fan, if you're a Badger fan, you definitely don't want to wear if it. If so you're a Border Badger fan, I bet they are all over. <laughs> I mean, think about look at look at the kids up here that are in school wearing Green Bay Packers jerseys. Now, like, yeah. oh, that's child abuse. So just yeah. just because just to remind people that a Minnesota company screwed it up. Yeah, you might be right. I guess that's a good point. That's even more so. Oh, sure. Well, so. that's the part that makes it so ridiculous. This is like hometown Minnesota company that's been downtown with the Gophers for how long in the same freaking city. <laughs> I mean, you can't make that crap up. It's just—it's—it's Minnesota sports uh, at a different angle, I guess. I mean, I guess it's one thing if you're if you're buying it from the darkest, you know, web, uh, you know, right? e-commerce sites. <laughs> but straight from China. <laughs> but this 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 is uh, this is Target. So uh, anyhow, good job, Target. Good job. That's uh yeah, clown show. Um, all right, well, well, we are on to mine. Um, so we'll keep it uh, in Minneapolis uh, downtown. So um, I actually, the, the, uh, the, the Astros mock Jason had was one of my first ones. Um, I had two written down, but we'll just go right into my second one because as usual, no one can find a way to get mocks quite like a uh, Minnesota team, especially if that team is the Minnesota Timberwolves. Um, but this one actually pisses me off, you guys. So Kevin Garnett is the one icon that we have in Minnesota basketball-wise, right? He is, he's the guy. The one, the one good NBA player we've had, a guy who at least made that franchise relevant for a decade plus, 
first ballot Hall of Famer, the only one we have. Um, and a guy who actually, for some reason, wanted to be in Minnesota and took pride in being a guy in Minnesota. Um, and he's having his jersey retired by the Celtics, not by the Timberwolves. Um, that is beyond, like, it goes beyond Minnesota sports to me. It, it genuinely pisses me off. Like, Kevin Garnett is not a Celtic, okay? He had a good career there. Obviously, he won a title. He was there for a handful of years. But this guy is the Minnesota Timberwolves. He's the only guy you think of. Yeah, the only guy you think of when you think of the Timberwolves historically, right? And they are going to retire his jersey in Boston, hang it up there with Havlicek and McHale and Burton, all those guys. And we still don't have it hanging in the Raptors at the Target Center, which is just the the epitome of Minnesota sports, the, the epitome of how inept the Timberwolves have been historically, because it all goes back to our rift with him and Taylor and things he was told and things that didn't happen. Um, it, it just is like the dysfunction of the Timberwolves on full display, but to actually have our guy who was our guy here forever be retired somewhere else before he is here is just like unforgivable to me. So it's a, it's a mock and it's one that's got me genuinely irritated if you can't tell. Yeah, no doubt. I mean, obviously, for all the frustration the, the Timberwolves have delivered to us through the years, uh, this one, <laughs> this one, this one stings a little bit, and, and and it was about as simple a thing that they could do uh, to to honor a really great player that uh, that started his career here at I think age eighteen, right? He couldn't even drink when he uh, put on the uniform and and uh, and started playing for us. Did the Wizards retire forty five for Jordan? I'm not sure. <laughs> I mean, that's, 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 dude, that's right. That's your, I mean, not that's, the best parallel because you're talking about the goal. But yeah, but cool. but that's that's but that's the equivalent. I was just trying to think of that. Some other examples of that, right? Like, I mean, it, it's just it, uh, it's it's so maddening. It's <laughs> so they sh- they actually should uh, do that real quick. But you know, oh, that should be pretty funny. Yeah, I mean, it, <laughs> it, it, in other sports, in other sports, it'd be trend. like 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 Kansas City retiring Joe Montana's Joe jersey. Montana, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Maybe the maybe the uh, Vikes could also retire Warren Moon for those couple good years he had here. Um, <laughs> Archie Manning, right? Uh, they could uh, probably. Retire his jersey, right? All day. The twins, the you twins guys are stretching. No, dude, Jason, you'll like this one. Maybe the, maybe the twins retire your guy Jim Tomey's number when he's with the twins for those couple of years. See, now all that I can get See? behind. See, so here we go. Maybe this is maybe, maybe Boston's just forward thinking this is the start of a new trend. Get your jersey retired multiple teams. Might be something to think about. Well, interesting as, as always. So, um, obviously. Good to have NASCAR back to kind of bring it full circle. Um, you know, I, we're going to kind of wrap things up with, with NASCAR. So real quickly, right, Denny Hamlin, we haven't even talked about the winner of this race. Denny Hamlin, we don't like him. <laughs> Denny Hamlin yes, goes yeah. across the, the, the finish line <laughs> first. Happy for Gibbs Racing, Denny Hamlin. <laughs> uh, but, but real quickly, your take is he's celebrating in the infield and, uh, and Ryan Newman, and he did, did come back after the fact and apologized, didn't realize the seriousness of, uh, of the accident. Um, but, but again, what a, uh, what a start to the season, what a tough finish, what an exciting finish and, and, uh, and what an exciting, uh, you know, way to start the year and head towards Vegas. Yeah. Two, th- two things really quick. Number one, um, that's three and five years for Hamlin, I believe, right. Mm-hmm. That's three mm-hmm. in the last yep. five years, which is yep. historic. I mean, that, that, even if this guy never wins the title, he's going to the hall of fame because of that. That's, that's um, junior esque on a super speedway. That's, I mean, that's, yeah. So he's, he's elite. Um, I also think that there, anyone who criticized the fact that uh, how they handled the celebration in victory lane is a complete idiot here. Like they were yep. incredibly subdued. They did it the right way. Joe Gibbs didn't even go out and join him in the celebration. So I think they handled it well. Um, you know, 
you do feel for an organization and a guy who does something that historic and he's not able to celebrate it, but I think that'll come in the future. Um, but yeah, I'm not, I'm not a huge Denny Hamlin guy, but he is one hell of a play racer. So you got to give him credit. That's a, another just crazy good close finish that he pulled off. So we got to give props to him. Cool. Yeah. As much as it pains me. Yes, we will. Um, yep. like I said, happy for Gibbs racing. Or Joe Gibbs <laughs> is an absolute legend he's in, the best and two sports two sports right hall yep. of fame and hall of famer hall and two fame sports and, and uh football nfl hall of fame but uh yeah even as much as i dislike denny hamlin i i would say i felt bad for him not being able to celebrate something like the daytona 500 that's that's a big win um but it is what it's it is big, yeah. it couldn't happen to a nicer guy <laughs> <laughs> And with that, Jeff, I think we may have reached the end. Yeah, speaking of it, couldn't happen to a nicer guy. Um, Jason, great to have you join us this week. Uh, it's been great having you on. Luke, as always, good talking with you. And for all of our Sportsmocker fans out there, remember, real quickly, we want to hear from you. You can send us your audio at uh, the sportsmocker at gmail.com. You can follow us on Twitter at the sportsmocker. Send us your audio clips. If you like NASCAR, follow us. Give us a shout. Tell us what's, uh, what you think about the year. And as always, Luke, uh, We'll see where you land in the uh, in the fantasy standings after Vegas next week. As always, at the top for uh, for top. for Luke, for Jason, and for myself, Jeff Swanson. This is Sportsmocker. We'll catch you next week. I wear a greasy ball cap. I like my shirt untucked. I spend Saturdays working on my truck. I don't like to fight, but I ain't scared to bleed.